<laughs> Praise God. Where are you at? Every time uh, Michael comes by like that, we've got to get the fist pump. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. Thank you guys. What a what a beautiful worship we've had this morning. Uh, today uh, we're we're closing out our 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 fruit of the spirit known by our fruits series. And everybody should have said, "Oh. Oh, isn't that terrible?" It's been so fun. We've learned so much. But now we're closing that out as, as we're going to move forward in, in living out uh, the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, so today, is, as we close out this series, is, uh, we've looked at the fruits of the Spirit over the last uh, few weeks as we studied them. And uh, we've studied and what we've seen in the fruit is that it's God's nature. God is displaying his, his nature uh, through his people, his believers. Uh, the believers in, in Jesus Christ are called to walk in his spirit. We are called to, to, to move in his way. And, and, and we've seen in this that the fruit of the spirit is love. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit is love, and then there's a lot of byproducts of the fruit of the Spirit. There's a lot of, a lot of different things that God displays uh, to us through His love. The, but what we've seen is, first of all, that we know uh, from 1 John that God is love. He is all charity, and this, this kind of love is an agape love. It's the highest form of love. It's, it distinguishes itself, and God displayed his love for us by coming as a man to the earth in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, living a perfect life among us, and then taking the punishment for sin the sin of the world that has gone before a holy God, Jesus took upon himself at Calvary. This is love. An agape kind of love, a true love. A love that passes all understanding. We see that the goodness of God has, has been displayed by love. And, and when you have love, you also have joy, you have peace, you have patience, you have kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And things like these, that's not an exhausted list, but everything that is good and is pure comes from God. Praise Him. And, and, and in that, there is no law against it. There's, there's no condemnation when you are in God and you are doing God things and, and, and God is radiating around you. There's no condemnation in those things. There's no shame in those things. There's no retribution in those things. But you know what there is in those things? Blessing. Blessing. Blessing and favor that you can only get from God when you surrender over your, your flesh to him and you walk in his spirit. When you are filled in his spirit, then you find the blessing of God. Today we are finishing up this, this study. Over these past few weeks, we've looked at all these things. But today we're going to look uh, at a passage from Matthew 
uh, where Jesus is, is doing the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew 7. And we're going to focus on verses 15 through 21 where, where Jesus talks about the trees and their fruits. So as you go to Matthew 7, let's read these words together. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So the rest of that on there. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear uh, bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Father, we, we come before you this morning. and Father, we, we call out to you. Father, as, as we have already prayed this morning as a prayer of repentance, God, forgive us and our uncleanness, our unclean lips, our proneness to, to sin. Father, we come before you asking that you would uh, fill us with your spirit. Lord, we would walk in your goodness. And Father, that our fruit would be good fruit of you. So God, we thank you for this time. We ask you to bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus tells us here to beware of false prophets. Man, all you have to do is, is, is look around today and you're going to see false prophets, false religions, uh, false, false doctrines running amok around us. There's so many people that have different ideas in the world, but we need to understand that, that this didn't come on us all of a sudden, but this was, came, came from us from the very beginning. From the very beginning of the church, there were false prophets that were coming in, throwing false ideas, leading people astray. There are many kinds of heresies, but today it is, it's magnified, and, and, and people are, are being led astray by these wolves in sheep clothing. Uh, I looked at a, a Baptist, the Lifeway, the Baptist uh, publishing company, uh, put out a survey not too long ago, and, and it talked about a, a couple of different things. I'm not going to uh, get into it very deep, but uh, here, here's just a couple things you think about. It says 60% of, uh, of those surveyed agreed that everyone eventually goes to heaven. And this, this, now we have to understand, these are Christians, so-called Christians, that are being surveyed here. 60% of Christians believe that everybody eventually gets to heaven. Man, I, 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 I don't know about y'all. I, could, I, I think I remember the Bible 
the holy word of God telling us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Hmm. Another thing was 50% said only those who believe in Jesus will be saved. 50% think that there's other ways to get to heaven besides Jesus. <laughs> These are Christians. We have a problem, folks. We have a problem. Now, honestly, I don't put a whole lot of weight on surveys because I think they're very, uh, they can be manipulated very easily and they bring all kinds of confusion and they twist the truth many times. So, so I don't put a, put a lot on that, but I do know this, that there is a problem amongst us, especially in the world of the church. If 60% believe that everybody eventually gets to heaven and 50% only believe that Jesus is the way to heaven we have a problem amen because the Bible is very clear and I only know of one person who ever ever died for the sins of the world and that's Jesus Christ my friends I tell you if you're here and and you struggle with that let me let me let, let me tell you through the word of God there is only one way to heaven there was only one way to eternal life and to know the God of the universe who loves you. And that is to believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who came and died and poured his blood out upon that cross for you and me. It is only through that blood that you are atoned for your sins. There is no other way to heaven. It is only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we know, we know about ravishing wolves. Us being from Davis, Oklahoma, we know about wolves. Amen. But people can act like wolves too. There's a small town prosecutor, uh, a big big thing happened in a small town and big trial came upon upon them and and this is what happened the the prosecuting attorney called his first witness his first witness was a, a little old elderly lady and uh and she came up to the bench and as she as he approached her he said mrs jones uh do you know me and she she responded why yes i i do know you mr williams I know you, I've known you since you were a young boy. And frankly, you've been, well, a great disappointment to me. You lie, you've cheated on your wife, you manipulate people, you talk about them behind their backs. Uh, I think you, you think that you are a rising big shot, but you haven't had the brains to realize that you are only going to amount to a two-bit paper pusher. Yes, I know you. Mr. Williams was taken back by that, and he thought, well, as he pointed across the room, do you know the defense attorney? She replied, yes. Yes, I do. 
I know Mr. Bradley. I've known Mr. Bradley since he was a youngster. I used to babysit him for his parents. And he too has been a real disappointment to me. He's lazy. He's a bigot. He has a drinking problem. The man cannot build a normal relationship with anyone. His practice is one of the shoddiest in the entire state. Yes, I know him. At this point, the judge intervened and he called the counselors to his bench. And in a very quiet voice, he said, If any of you ask her if she knows me, I will hold you in contempt. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of funny. Uh, but the truth is that there's some truth in this story. The truth is that, especially in a small town, people know you by your actions. Amen? You are known by your fruit. Uh, you, you are known by your experiences. You are known uh, to the people all around you. And, 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 you know, when somebody first meets you, you, it's pretty easy to put on an impression. It's, it's easy to put on the mask and, and mask the truth. But sooner or later, we will all bear the fruit of who we are whether that is good or bad. So Jesus moves on. He says, uh, uh, you are known by your fruits. He says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Uh, Jesus gave this picture, he, 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 this image of grapes and figs. The grapes and figs were the most popular fruit of, of their day. The people knew them, and they, they knew how to gather them, and they knew where to go to get them, and you don't get them amongst the thorns or the thistles. Thorn bushes and, and thistle bushes, when you get caught up in those, they hurt. They scratch. They puncture you. They make you bleed. There is no fruit among the thorns and thistles. The first part of chapter 7 of Matthew, Jesus is telling us not to judge. Judge not, lest you be judged, right? I think everybody has heard those words, and you've heard people declare those words. But I think this passage in the beginning of of Matthew 7 is probably the most misquoted, misunderstood, misrepresented scriptures in the whole Bible. Jesus wasn't telling us not to judge. He was telling us to be careful how you judge. And he was emphasizing in that, that before you judge and put judgment on anybody else, you better make sure that you look at yourself. That's when he's talking about taking that plank out of your own eye before you look at others. Check your your motives. Be careful of, of why you are putting forth judgment. Here, here in this section, as we move to the trees, we see that, that, that there is, is fruit. And there is distinguish between the fruits. There's good fruit, and then there's bad fruit. We need to be careful in how 
we judge fruit. Probably better than using the word judge is we need to be discerning. We need to discern from the people around us and check to see if the fruit is good or bad. Looking back at uh, Matthew 7, uh, looking at verses 17 uh, through 20, 17 through 20, the word says, So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a diseased tree bear good fruit. But every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Every healthy tree bears good fruit. Every diseased tree bears bad fruit. It's plain and it's clear to see that we are to be fruit inspectors. Amen? We are to look and watch to see if the fruit is good. We need to focus on our fruit. Our fruit should be our our main concern. Our fruit, are we bearing good fruit? And is our fruit visible to the world around us? Is it good or bad? And is it of God? There are six quick things that I want to point out to you this morning as I hope you become fruit inspectors of your own life. The first is the fruit of repentance. The fruit of repentance. John the Baptist, in, in preparing the way to, uh, for Jesus to, to come into the world, as he was preaching, he preached a message of what? Repentance. His message was to the people to, to turn from their sins and turn to what is right. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, uh, John says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. There is fruit that comes from repentance, having a repentive heart in honoring God. When you come to honor God, when you come to see God, who he is, and recognize his majesty, his glory, and what he's done for you, you see this. When God draws you to himself, it comes to a place in your life where you have to accept him or reject him. And if you accept him and you believe in him, then you will repent. Because he is holy and you are not. And because when you repent, when you turn from your ways to his ways, you come into this regeneration, this newness of life. The Bible calls it being born again. You are changed. There's repentance. And it's repentance. This repentance is fruit. Because it's good. The fruit of repentance is good because... It brings you to God. Secondly, there's a repentance of abiding. A repentance of abiding. The fruit of abiding and and is following Jesus. 
It's listening to Jesus. It's, it's following the commandments and, 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 and following the light that he puts before him, saying, I'm not going to do what I want to do, God. You show me what you want to do, and I will follow you. Jesus addresses this, this fruit of, of abiding in, in John chapter 15, where he talks about being part of the vine and that we are the branches. Verse 15 of John 15 says, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, I, it, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, You can do nothing. Bear much fruit. Are you abiding in Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Are you bearing much fruit? Because the Bible says if we are following him, we will bear fruit. Praise God. How about the fruit of giving? The fruit of giving. Romans 15, uh, 14 through 29, Paul is, is talking about going back to, uh, to uh, Jerusalem and then going to Spain. But, but there, as, as he's writing to the Romans, he's talks, he talks about the Gentiles, those that he's been bringing the word of God, and he calls, he, he calls them and he tells uh, the people at, 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 at in Romans, that he uh, has been given a collection. The, the Gentiles brought forth a collection, and he is taking that collection to Jerusalem to be a blessing to the saints in Jerusalem, the people that were in Jerusalem who were suffering because they were standing up for God. Paul took up this collection. They gave him this collection to go and, and, and give to the believers there to encourage them, to step them forward. The question is, are we, are we being a blessing? You know, when you give, it is so much better to give than receive. It is a blessing to be a blessing. Amen? Are you known by your fruit of giving? Of course, uh, we, we've looked at Galatians chapter 5, and we've looked at all the fruits of the Spirit, but we can't just uh, talk about fruits and not uh, display them again. The fruits of the Spirit are going to be evident in our lives. They're, they're going to move forward in our lives when we're following Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and it's self-control. All these things are evident in a life that is walking in the Spirit of God, who is filled with the Spirit of God. The fruit of God is on those who are following God. So we are to be filled with the fruit. We are to check ourselves and see that the Spirit of fruit is upon us. This is Another one here, the fruit of the light. This kind of might sound a little weird, but listen to this amazing scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 as it talks about the fruit of the light. Uh, the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5, it, it, looks at, uh, it, it looks at our walk. It tells us to walk in love and, and to put away sin. 
And then verse 8, it says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Be the light. Church, be the light. Radiate the light. Let let God's light shine through you into the darkness. And expose, pray, ask God to expose any darkness that is in yourself. And walk as children of the light. The final fruit is the fruit of praise. The fruit of praise. Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verses 15 and 16 says, Through him, then let us continually a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the of lips, and that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices pleasing to God. Continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. Are you bearing fruits of praise? It, and, you know, it's one thing to come into uh, a service and, and, and as we join cor- corporately to sing our praises unto God. And, and I'm so thankful that, that we have a church that, that comes to d- together and does a great job of bringing praise before our God. You guys are wonderful. I wish you could sit where I sit and, and you could hear yourselves. Pra- it, it, it just, it, it just it does something great to me. Your voices. We do amazing, you do amazing praising God. But God is talking about here what we do is our praise, the praise of lips. We acknowledge Him, we glorify Him, not this place, but our today walk. Are you known? Do you have the fruit of praise on your lips where you go in our community? Are you known for giving glory to God, to praising God where you go? Do people know you as a God lover? Folks, as, as we have studied all things over the last few weeks, it's evident, isn't it evident? that there's no hiding the truth. There's no hiding the truth. Your fruit displays where you're at. And you are either bearing good fruit or bad fruit. But you're not tricking anybody. Is your fruit pleasing before the Lord? Have you asked God if your fruit is pleasing before the Lord? What is your fruit saying about you, my friend? Today, I want us to have a quiet time of, of self-examination. As we've studied all these things over this last few weeks, of course, it's time for us to examine ourselves. And, and in this time of self-examination, we must say, Lord, are my fruits pleasing to you? Are my fruits honoring you? 
are my fruits glorifying you? So I'm just going to ask you to quietly bow your heads and pray for a moment. And then I'll, I'll close this in a word of prayer. And, and then we'll have an invitation. The time is now to examine ourselves. Ask God where we're at. And then be obedient to his calling on our name.